Welcome to What is Marketing? What is Marketing? Take three. I'm Brad Schmidt. I'm going to be your guide as we go through this uh, adventure in podcasting. It is take three. Professor Dr. Sandy Luck, you are going to be our host as we talk about marketing. It's the Marketing Foundations podcast. Yeah. We're, going to yeah. Be, we're trying something new. Um, we've screwed up the recording <laughs> twice now. Once we had a physical failure of the equipment. This time I just had a failure of my own stupidity and screwed it up. So here we are doing take three. This one's going to be so good, Brad. <laughs> it's going to be great. So you guys have actually no got to get to class, so we have to do this somewhat quickly. And uh, I, yeah. We We're good. Done, we should have done this last week is what we should have done. I know, right? <laughs> My word is procrastination. Do not do that, students. Yes, do, do not do that. Do so uh, again, um, the the other voice you're hearing, of course, Dr. Sandy Luck. I'm Brad Schmidt, and we're going to talk about marketing and yeah. and marketing foundations is the name of the class. And so over the next 16 weeks, we're going to talk about all the different intricacies of marketing. This week, we're going to start with trying to define what marketing is. And back in the day, as they say, it was the four P's that you've mentioned, product, place, price, and promotion. And it's really so much more than that now, isn't it? It is, absolutely. So every marketing student that walks out of UND memorizes those four P's. <laughs> it is the marketing mix. It's a theory that comes from way long ago. And quite honestly, it's something, I won't say that it's it's terrible because I think it's still very relevant, but I think there's more to it. There's much more to it. And so we'll add into that. And even in your textbook, it gives you different suggestions. In Blackboard, I've given you some different suggestions to think about. But again, with the marketing mix, when we talk about product or service, you know, that's the product or service that you're selling. And then you go into place, which is um, the distribution or where it's located, the price, obviously the cost, and also the price of the product. So it could be a few things. And then the promotion, that's the advertising, social media, digital marketing, um, PR, all of those things, the branding. So all of those things are the promotion. And I think when people, when people hear the word marketing, or, you know, they kind of go into advertising, they just kind of switch those two words. And that's not it. So making sure that you understand that marketing is everything, which is the definition in yeah. our textbook. And I was going to say, you mentioned in the textbook, that's the, that is marketing is everything. And it really, it really is, isn't it? I mean, yeah. we, we've had this conversation now, this is the third time through this <laughs> conversation, but the, the, it really is everything. It is, it's everything from the, the, the way your customers are treated when they walk in the door to the, the, the brand information they hear about your business before they ever get to your door and all of the, and it doesn't really Really even matter what the business is, whether it's the great big corporation or whether it's the small mom and pop shop selling widgets in the in the back of their garage or whatever, all of it, everything that that leads to the door of your business, even if it's online, it leads to your website, is marketing. It, it really is everything, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I think that marketing sometimes, you know, gets a bad rap because it is everything and it's so much and it's big picture, but yet it also can be very detailed. And so when I say detailed, <clears throat> excuse me, when I say detailed, it goes from, you know, the beginning to the end of strategy. We, we talk a lot about what is your goal? What do you want to see happen within, whether it's a campaign or an idea or a message that you're putting out, 
what's the end goal? Do you want to see some success with that of maybe I want to increase sales or I want to increase the brand image or maybe I want people, more people to go to my website. So what is it that you want to see? And that will show you your success or failure. And I think that's probably the biggest difference from when I, you know, a zillion years ago when I was in college and working as a marketer, I didn't really have to prove what was happening. I would just say, yeah, lots of people went to that particular event. Um, whereas now you can't do that. Now you have to give explanation of how many went, the demographics, uh, the data, and uh, you know you have to analyze the data. You have to understand, you know, who was the who was the demographic that came, where they come from, how do they learn about you. So there's so much more now that's expected out of a marketer. That's that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that because I think what that does is it validates our work. Uh yeah, it uh, that makes a lot of sense. It 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 shows that what we're doing is actually effective when we're when we are the marketing manager, when we're part of the marketing team that that hey, we we're trying to reach um, you know, millennials that are, you know, now their first venture into parenting and all that kind of thing and if the only people that show up are, you know, 70 year old, you know, mm -hmm. greatest generation or boom, baby boomers or whatever, like what do we do wrong? Or maybe what did we do right? Right. And exactly. that was, you know, that was actually what was the, the, the actual, the selling point and all that kind of stuff. Now you, you mentioned the analytics and all that kind of stuff. And we talked about this in the, the first two times we ran through this is <laughs> which was the, really good. <laughs> how do you, how do you, the, the big businesses, they can afford to buy. We talk about Google and your phones listening to you and collecting all of this data through our devices and all these things that we get, you know, collected on us and the big companies can afford to buy that. They can just go to Google and say, I want all of the analytics on, you know, the top, 100,000 customers. Here's a million dollars. Give us that information so we can use it. Um, how do, how do some of the smaller mom and pop shops that don't have these unlimited budgets get a hold of either that data, or even if it's not getting a hold of the data, getting a hold of the techniques that these companies use to do marketing without going broke, without bankrupting yourself. Right. right. Because the biggest difference between large company, small company is the price that they can afford to pay or the cost. You know, you're right. I mean, you see these large companies, whether it's signage, branding, promotions, advertising, they have it everywhere. And as small companies, it's hard. It's a lot of work. A lot of times there isn't a one particular marketer. It's a lot of different people that are trying to get the word out to, about their particular small business. So I think, you know, a couple ways to do that are you as marketing students who I will promote endlessly about how important it is to get experience. If you truly want to be a marketer and you want, um, you know, to show other people how amazing you are to get that experience and become an intern, a marketing intern, or be a part of an organization where you can do some of the marketing. And, you know, there's tons of different jobs in marketing. There's uh, social media marketing, there's digital marketing, there's, you know, PR. There's also creative piece where you can do some of the design work. But then the the one that we were just talking about is data analytics. A lot of times, you know, people don't think about how important that is and how important it is to have that marketing background to understand the data. And throughout our semester, we'll talk a lot about that because I'm a believer in that. And I believe that even as a small business, if you are taught how to collect that data correctly, 
you can do it. And it's not difficult because there's tons of sources out there. You know, you look at Facebook insights and um, first of all, it's overwhelming because there's tons, but you don't need all that. There's some pieces that you need. And as interns or, you know, if people choose to go online and, you know, learn through Facebook and understand it, then guess what? You're going to understand who you can market to and use that data yourself. And doesn't Facebook and some of these, don't they offer training on how to use their analytics and things like that? And not just Facebook, but Google and all these others as well. Um, so when we start talking about, you mentioned, you know, social media marketing, digital marketing, all that kind of stuff. There's many different types of marketing. Um, you've mentioned influencer marketing, which is oftentimes referred to or believed to be, you know, the, the good looking Instagram model holding your product up mm -hmm. and taking a picture as she's standing in front of the Eiffel Tower or something like that. Yeah. And it's really not, that's not really what influencer marketing is. Influencer marketing has been around for a long time right. and it's, it's much more, I, I think of the, the story back in the, what, in the late sixties, early seventies, Joe Namath, a famous football player from way back in the day, sold ladies, um, <laughs> nylons. They, yes. they shaved his legs and put him in a pair of nylons and, and they used that. That was, that's influencer marketing yes. because he was the biggest name in football. He was the Tom Brady of his era. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that was in a, that was in an older textbook. Was I it really? I totally forgot about that story. Yeah, that's a good one. You're right. I mean, it was, we use these famous people to sell things and it, you know, I'm going to go back because you said, you know, the picture, the Instagram picture. That is what we have been taught or what we're conditioned to know what influencer marketing is. But what I'm going to try and do with students and with you is to say, hey, let's expand a little bit. Let's think about influencer marketing because honestly, a picture of a beautiful girl holding on to a Bud Light, yeah, it's beautiful. I'm probably going to like the picture. If I'm a guy, I'm really going right. to love the picture. <laughs> but you know, with all that being said, it's not going to really get me to go buy a Bud Light, right? right? I need a little bit more than just a picture. So as marketers, we need to know that. First of all, we need to know, you know, unfortunately, you know, this is when you close the, the marketing um, classroom doors, but sex sells. Right. And so yeah. that's important to recognize that, that, you know, you want to make sure that you have the right people in your uh, images and it doesn't have to be dirty or it right. doesn't have to well, be. Well, and we talked about that. Mm -hmm. Sex sells. That's true. But that that's not necessarily some evil thing. I mean, it, it there's sex appeal. There's beauty. Right. You know, sex appeal or sex selling can be the, the kid who's 13 years old with the Ferrari poster on his wall because that car is sleek and exactly. pretty and sexy. And that's sex sells doesn't necessarily have mean inappropriate or trashy or offensive. No. And it goes towards the different people. Like you think about, you know, there's people who like different body sizes. There's people, and again, oh, yeah. this goes back to your target audience, yeah. who you're trying to target, you know, but thinking about that, um, that influencer marketing, I want you to expand your thoughts on how can I use this influencer to sell my product or to expand my brand or to get people to talk about it and not sell it in the fact that I'm going to sell it to you and make yeah, you feel 999, like yeah, yeah, right. yeah, that's not the point. I want them to entice you because of how they're using it, what they love about it. And we see a lot of these on YouTube videos. I mean, girls, and, and that's who I'll probably give an example is, you know, girls who sell makeup or, oh, yeah. you know, some kind of beauty product and they've used it. They give the example, they give the review, they talk about it, they share about it. And then, Hey, 
you know, how to purchase it is the link below and I need a 10% discount. So that's, you know, that's a great way to do it. So really pushing the creativity and maybe that's not all you need. Maybe there's more to it than just that. And expanding the idea of who an influencer is, right? Mm-hmm. The influencer in your local community may be the mayor. Absolutely. It may be, you know, it doesn't have to be Kendall Jenner or no. or Kanye West. It could be, you know, Bob from down the street that everybody knows Bob on the street corner selling snow cones. Yeah. So you let know. me give you an example. That's funny you say Bob okay. too. So <laughs> so my location in Hallock, Minnesota, there's a older gentleman who all everyone knows. Everyone and knows. And his name is Bob. That's awesome. That's awesome. And he's so great, right? Everyone knows. And so for this particular post that we put out, you know, we put out a post and we we said I think it was happy birthday and you know, we love having you as a customer. It was the best engagement, um, following likes. We added more people to our page because of that. Like, again, you're right. And we didn't pay him for that. Right. I, we obviously give him free coffee every once in a while because we love him <laughs> to death. But, you know, you think about that. You're right. It doesn't have to be anybody famous. Yeah. And so, you know, utilizing the, your loyal customers who can, um, who maybe have some influence with other people, but also they love you enough to talk about you and will share the word of whatever your product or service is that's probably the cheapest marketing there is. Yeah. But to do that costs money because that's where your people have to be really good selling it. It has to be a good quality product. Um, but again, going back to those people, you have to train people to make sure that they understand how to sell it, that the customer service is good. And all the way to the fact of, you know, at the end, like in a restaurant, you know, are the tables clean is you know, are things wiped off? Does Is the bathrooms clean? All of those things come into play. So um, I, I guess, you know, kind of going back to that conversation of big business, small business, getting the experience, understanding as a student, like, what does this look like? And then going a little bit deeper, like, don't just think I have to be a marketer. I have to go in and I have to get an internship, um, social media, digital media, maybe there's something, you know, in the creative piece, but then going a little bit deeper and thinking, how am I using this as a a sales aspect, you know, how am I selling this product? And I think pushing that, um, pushing that ability to sell something or use customer service as marketing. Yeah. Well, and you and I talked about this in take one and take two uh, is the (laughs) idea of sales isn't a dirty word either, right? I mean, in selling something to someone is actually a service. Like I mentioned, if you're if you're selling a car and you need a car and it's a good quality car and it does all the features you want and all of that, and I sell it to you at a fair price and ethical, all of that and, and moral and all of that, I'm I'm providing you a service. I'm doing you a kindness by by interacting with that you with with you that way. And it's not something that has to be this kind of sleazy. I've tricked you into getting as much money out of you as possible and all those sorts of things that sales, cause we sell each other all the time. I sell my wife on what date we're going to go on. She sells me on where we're going to eat. And, and when we're dating, we're selling ourselves to that potential, uh, suitor or a bunch of kids aren't going to know that word either. <laughs> uh, you're selling yourself to that potential person who, who maybe one day wants to be a spouse or maybe you're not really looking for a spouse. Or you're just looking for someone to spend the weekend with and have a, a, a fun time at the lake or whatever, but we're selling ourselves and we're selling everyone on everything all the time, which comes back to the definition of marketing being 
everything, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. It yeah. is. And and you're right. I mean, I, I challenge you to think about all the things that you sell throughout the day, yeah. you know, um, to do this project that we're doing. You know, I don't know if I sold it to you, if you sold it to me, but we mm. came together and we were like, this would be a cool project to try and see what happens with it. See if it can grow from here. Of course, I think both of us are maybe a little, you know, entrepreneurial, you know, risky and try new things and see if it works or not, which again, you know, that's that selling aspect of saying, is this, is there going to be some success at the end, which is generally what you're getting. And in all of this over the next, 15 weeks. So this is week one. Um, we're going to be talking about all the different types of marketing. Uh, you mentioned already influencer marketing, uh, viral marketing. There was a viral, um, Disney video that we've, we've talked about with, they, you know, they set up this kind of fake, um, marriage proposal and this huge flash mob and all this thing. And it was recorded by some guy with a phone camera from a balcony, but it was all intentional. It was all thought out and planned out and choreographed and all that kind of thing. But it was intentionally intended to be a market or a, a viral marketing campaign, uh, guerrilla marketing, which is an interesting one to me is one of the things that we're going to talk about the, the idea of doing something a little risky, a little bit scary, mm-hmm. maybe even get you in trouble, might offend a few people, <laughs> but the benefits of that may outweigh the risk. Talk a little bit about it, it, as far as types of marketing, talk about guerrilla marketting as well. So guerrilla marketing is one of my favorites because I also think it's something that you can do uh, inexpensively. In one of my classes, I have students come up with a guerrilla marketing campaign for small businesses and so many creative ideas have come through that. So even a student who, you know, paid over $60 for one of his projects, don't do that. But, you know, with that being said, uh, you can use cardboard boxes, you can use prototypes of things and just to get the idea out there and say, would this work? And, uh, one of them, the students were, we're working with a particular restaurant that sells uh, Italian food, pasta, Mama Maria's, it's no longer around. But what they did is they bought these little plant pots and they put, um, cause down the streets of the university, uh, you know, the giant you know, concrete used to be concrete. Yeah. Yeah. Pots. Fire they, flower pots. Yeah. yeah. And they were beautiful. Right. Yeah. And so I suppose they walked outside and went, what could we do? That's crazy. And catch people's eye. So what they did is they they were creating a prototype and they got clay and they made pasta and put the pasta into the pot, assuming that it would be these big pots, you know, that's what they would do. Yeah. And then they would have big flags or signs coming out of each of the pots that said, Mama Maria's this way, or are you hungry for pasta? You know, different things. And we've seen, yeah. you know, people try these um, ideas. Some of them work. And some of them don't, again, trial and error, yeah. but the greatest thing is people will talk about it, even if it's a bad idea, they right. might talk about well, it. And, and failure isn't necessarily a bad thing, even in the world of marketing. Would, and, and I don't know if we talked about this yesterday or or this is a conversation you know, I had in the past, is that the the uh, there's really no such thing as bad publicity. No. You know, I mean, even, even bad publicity because, and, and I've witnessed this in my, my job in, in radio, I've witnessed this where, where some 
thing comes up and somebody will call in, did you see what such and such a business did or whatever? And and then three other people call in and go, oh, calm down. Yeah. It's not that big a deal. I love shopping at that place. I go there all the time or whatever. So those those kind of things that, that failure isn't necessarily a bad thing if it gets people talking. And and sometimes what was the, there was a, I can't remember the commercial now off the top of my head, but it was just this horribly done commercial from back in the 80s that people still remember today. Yeah. And, and I got, it was, well, it was, I want to say it was Burger King or something like that. I mean, you can do that example from Super Bowl, right? We, oh, yeah. We watch Super Bowl commercials yep. or we watch the Super Bowl generally. For Oftentimes just to get the commercials. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and in there, we're judging these products, yeah. right? I mean, who doesn't think about the dogs along with Budweiser? Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, I cry even thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. And, and well, and then the puppy bowl. Yeah. Bud Light did the puppy bowl yeah. and and the, the some of the, the Clydesdale horses, you know, right. stuff. Yeah. It yeah. Just so those fantastic. are all great ones, right? Yeah. But even some of the failures, Doritos has some had some ugly failures yeah. throughout the years of Super Bowl. But again, it gets people talking because yeah. you're having those conversations, at, you know, in, in the boardroom or you know, in the office or wherever you work and you're having those conversations with your coworkers the next day. You're talking about that product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. and sub- if, even if it's subliminally on your way home, when you're out grocery shop and you grab a couple of bags of Doritos yeah. or whatever, or, or a, a case of Bud Light or whatever exactly. it is that you're buying. So there is all of these different types of marketing. And oftentimes we think, oh, that type of marketing, that really highly produced TV commercial, that's only for Coca-Cola, Doritos, the big budget companies, or, you know, guerrilla marketing, that's only for small businesses. And that's not really true. There's all kinds of ways to leverage these types of marketing, regardless of what kind of business you have, correct? Absolutely. I think the difference is the cost, the price. Obviously, a large company or corporation can spend a lot of money on marketing. And the small business sometimes just doesn't have enough help because maybe they don't have a marketer themselves. Maybe they're using one of you as a marketing intern, which is awesome, but, you know, that's just one semester and then moving on to the next and trying to get as much as they can out of as little as they can. Right. I see. So I think it depends on the product or the service that you're selling to determine what is best for what kind of marketing. So, for example, you know, I'm not going to pay five thousand dollars to an influencer. I can't afford it. I wouldn't do it. Right. But I might you know, caffeinate somebody for a year if they help me out. You know, I mean, there's different pieces like that where I think small businesses will, you know, they'll take the cost and they'll pay for it if they know that they're getting something out of it. It's about being creative. Absolutely. But I think the, you know, getting something out of it is important. The ROI, you know, the return on investment. So if I'm putting, you know, if I'm paying somebody $500 for their service, am I going to get, I mean, you know, we always hope to double our money, right? With anything. So am I going to get $1,000 worth of sales because of that? Now, in the world of marketing, it is so, so hard to tell you that I'm going to charge you $500 for this product and you're going to get $1,000 out of it. If you can do that as a marketer and you can figure those pieces you out. You can guarantee that? Oh, yeah. You you're, are. You're going to be a billionaire? You're a rock star. <laughs> there are some people yeah. who do it. There yeah. are some people who can say that. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about different aspects. I think of Gary V. Yeah, he talks about that all the time. He yeah. says, "If you deal with me, I guarantee you, I will make you money." Essentially, exactly. and then he drops a couple f bombs and and 
I love Gary Vee. You know, I mean, thinking about it, it's true. It's like, I will spend that money if I know I'm going to make the money. Yeah. And that's the problem with marketing. That's why marketing gets a bad rap. Because I think so many times people say, well, I don't know if that did any good. Well, usually when somebody says, I don't know if it did any good, my, my question is, what was your goal? What did you expect to happen? So did you have some kind of a strategy? Did you say, I'm going to increase sales by 10% with that particular product? And, you know, then measure it because then you can prove and have a realistic goal. So, you know, my, one of my favorite stories in social media marketing is these students when we first started teaching it now, very different class now compared to when I first started teaching it. But um, I remember students saying, we're going to increase all of those, that Facebook page and their likes by a hundred percent. And I was like, oh my gosh, seriously, <laughs> you're not going to do that. If they have 1100 likes, you're not going to, I mean, it is hard to do. It's very difficult to do for a business. And so I, I love the confidence, but it's not realistic. So what can you do so that that company is going to say, yes, you're going to be successful and I'll spend my money on you. So with, with all of this, we've given the 30,000 foot overview of what marketing looks like and and what marketing is. We define it as marketing is everything, everything. internal marketing, external marketing, marketing internally to your employees to make sure that they're understanding the mission of the, of the, of the business and, and what we're trying to accomplish and all of that, the, the external marketing, reaching the customers, getting them in the door to, to engage in that financial transaction that ends up paying the light bill and, and hopefully pays the employees and all of those <laughs> sorts of things. And over the next 15 weeks, this is week one of 16, over the next 15 weeks, we're going to be talking about some of these different things in depth. We're going to talk about the guerrilla marketing. We're going to talk about influencer marketing, relationship marketing, and all of those sorts of things. And so as we kind of wrap all this up, give kind of the definition again of marketing being everything and what that means in today's world. And then maybe just talk a little bit about this doesn't necessarily have to be just for people who are going to be the marketing professional working at a marketing firm this is anybody that works for any company. Right. You're a part of the marketing team because in some way you're going to face the customer. You're going to do some of that. Am I Absolutely. overstating that? No, you're right. And that's why the definition of a marketing is everything is so easy, right? Because it truly is. It will push you all the way from the four P's that we talked about and uh, that marketing mix, pushing you into the strategy of how do I create this so it's successful or trial and error. How do I understand what is success to understanding who is your target audience? Who's that person that I'm really trying to relate to um, by utilizing different kinds of, you know, marketing, whether it's influencer marketing, guerrilla marketing, those are kind of all your creative ideas. You know, how can I catch people's attention? And, you know, we don't use guerrilla marketing in our own world. I don't know. Maybe we do, you know, okay, here's an off the wall topic of, when you're dating somebody as a guy, you know, you bring flowers or you do something creative. I mean, now everything is, you know, even asking, I mean, my kids are older, right? But now when I see on social media, these kids asking somebody on a homecoming date, like they go oh, yeah, above go and beyond. Yep. That's well, and let me give you an example of guerrilla marketing. So when I first met my wife in, in the personal realm, when I first met my wife, we met in 1990. 
six and her birthday was May 22nd. And the only reason I remember the day we met was because her birthday was three days later. I met her and she had mentioned something. Oh, my birthday's coming up in three days. And so on the 19th of May was when I met my wife in 1995, actually. And, and I remember thinking, if it's her birthday in three days, like there's this girl that I want to impress. So I, I went and I bought flowers and I had them delivered with a handwritten note to her work on her birthday with a happy birthday note from this guy she met (laughs) once and, you know, some weirdo that she met in the parking lot in Devil's Lake, North Dakota. And so that was guerrilla marketing. And and it stood out enough to her that here we are 25 (laughs) years later, we just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary last week, you know, and or two weeks ago. So, so yeah, that's, I mean, that really was, it was a risk. I didn't know how she was going to respond to that. I'd literally known her for a half an hour. Yeah. You know, I didn't think about that. You were selling yourself. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I, again, I, I just think that with marketing, it is, it's everything and everything in our world. And after we start, it is kind of a, I don't know, it could become an addiction because <laughs> I do feel that way. Sometimes I'm like, okay, stop worrying about this. Start, stop thinking about it. But I'll go, I'll go into a store and I analyze like what they're doing with their signage, their posters, how they react. Yeah. Customer service for me is really something that I pay attention to. And that's selling, you yeah. know, every restaurant I go into, it's how I tip. It's how I respond mm. to them. So, I mean, I think all of this has to do with marketing and, and it's exciting. And even for those of you that are not truly in marketing or accounting or, you know, um, finance, any of those, he's right. You're going to be using this in your company, in your future, not only for yourself, but there'll be something. And also for you to understand a little bit about the basis of marketing, what your marketing department is doing in your company. Uh, I, I believe it's, it's probably something that is very valid. Well, I am definitely looking forward to the next 15 weeks. Hopefully we won't have to record three versions of <laughs> each podcast because I screwed something up. But uh, yes, I'm I'm really looking forward to it because I know I'm going to learn stuff that I didn't know before. And, and hopefully uh, those that are listening, the students will learn something that they didn't know before and be able to apply it in a real world. Because I've always said, if you learn something and you're not able to apply it, then what's the point, right? I, I mean, so that's the, the thing that I'm looking forward to with this. So uh, Sandy, thank you. Dr. Luck, it's been a, a pleasure to, for the third time now, record <laughs> this. And when we hit stop and I double check this, I'm hoping we're all done and we don't have to record it again because you've got to go to class and I've got another meeting I've got to get to. So, um, yeah. So thank you uh, again. My name is Brad Schmidt. Um, Sandy Luck. Professor Sandy Luck. Thank you. And uh, we got 15 weeks to go. This is going to be a great time. Be fun. We're going to have right. a good time. Thank you. Thank you.